I'm Asan, and this is the Noisy 320 review of City's 5-0 slapping of Burnley. Why noisy? Because I'm delighted I've got Joey and Mulf from the Noisy Neighbours podcast joining me at this ungodly hour. Morning, Mulf. Good morning, Asan. Pleasure, mate. I, how are you doing, mate? Oh, brilliant. Up late, yeah. but uh, happy to be on with you. Excellent. Joey, how are you? I am very sleepy, but I'm ready to do this. Wonderful. <laughs> now, listen... Um, Firstly, can I thank you both for doing this without making me call your agents? Because I know that you've both got Hollywood agents now. You're big, kind of, you know, big in the podcast game. So the fact that we've arranged this amongst ourselves, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next time there's going to be a fee. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's send, all in, sell, send all invoices to, to 9320 care of Howard Hawking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, deal. We've been uh, very lucky lately, Asan, as you know to have a big guest in, in Johnny Marr on our show, Big Blue. And uh, it feels like now, meeting you as well, uh, we're going to be meeting all our heroes in the, space, <laughs> in, the, in the space of two weeks, mate. If only Howard Hawking was on. Yeah, please stop. Listen, Howard does not like this. It's 7.37 a.m. in England. Howard Hawking is not doing a podcast at 7.37 <laughs> UK time. Not for love, nor money. Well, we'll, have, we'll have him on our show if he'll do it. Oh, definitely. I'm sure I'd love to do it. I'm sure I'd love to do it. Did you enjoy the game yesterday? I did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. great. <laughs> go on, Joey, you go first. It was, it, it was, I mean, it was, a, it was just one of the... It, it was about time we saw City smack people around. Um, I think we've needed a, a big win like this for a while, and we finally mm. got one, and uh, a little bit of a slow burn to get there, but, man, it felt good once the goals started coming. Definitely. I mean, I feel like we're... We're getting. If we've not hit our stride, I feel as though we're we're going to to hit our stride. But listen, we're jumping ahead a little bit before we get there. Um, just very quickly, where do you guys watch the game? For maybe for people who don't listen to the Noisy Neighbors podcast, if you don't listen to the Noisy Neighbors podcast, check it out. Best city podcast about. Oh, thanks. Um, you know what can I say? Too kind. Um, but where do you guys watch games? Like, tell us. Tell us about Noisy Neighbours. Yeah, so we're uh, Joey and I met as part of the uh, the Dallas. We're based out of Texas in Dallas, uh, part of the Blue Moon Dallas Manchester City Official Supporters Club, and um, we've been friends for a few years now. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> that supporters club, um, we watch every game at our local, which is in a in a town called Frisco, Texas, and the pub is the British Lion Pub. And uh, shout we, out, yeah, we pack Not out. A sponsor, we pack that out um, uh, for each game. Um, loads of blues. It's expats. It's it's Texans. It's people from all over the place who've uh, sort of found a home in us. Uh, all those blues. It's a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, we're it's one of the favorite things that we do. And then um, Joey and I, after a while, said. Uh, we should get podcasts going, you know. So, uh, yeah, he taught me into doing it. And we've been going, I think this is our third season. Yeah, Joey? Yeah, yeah. Wow, Three years. really? Yep, yeah. It you just, make I mean, me feel old now because that means that mine's older. It is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of started on a whim. I was just like, hey, let's do a show now. Let's talk about this to more than just you and me. And then <laughs> and that, here and, we are. And that's all it is, mate. It's just two blues talking about City. 
we're uh, we're not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, we're not experts. Um, like even now, we're a little bit in awe of being on this podcast because you're <laughs> you're filled with like professional writers and stuff. Joey and I can barely read. Never mind write. These are facts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen to all this humility. Stop it. <laughs> um, now, so Mauve. Yeah. Um, your accent tells me that you've spent some part of your life in Manchester. So when did you move to the States? Yeah, so I was, I was born actually in Oldham. My mum's from okay. Oldham. My dad is from Ardwick. And uh, at, a, at a young age, at age two, we moved down south to a town called Basingstoke in England. So I spent mm-hmm. some time down south. And then uh, when I was 10 years old, this would be 1985, my dad, uh, with his job, moved our family to the States, to, uh, to upstate New York. So I've been uh, Manchester, Basingstoke, New York, and now Dallas, again with my dad's job when I was in college. So, uh, yeah, I moved around a bit. My my accent's a real mixture. I often get uh, <laughs> accused of a bit of uh, Dick Van Dyke off Mary Poppins. <laughs> that's how shit my accent is. But, uh, Mold yeah, the that's, chimney sweep. that's the story of it. Excellent. And, Joey, how did you, uh, how did you end up a City fan? Uh, I was a little kid. Uh, I was, um, I think, ten, and it was it was when uh, it was the the Gillingham game at Wembley. Uh, it was one of the few times that ESPN, you know, back then would show soccer or football highlights, mm. and uh, you know, little ten year old me just saw this team in, you know, it was the nineties, so neon yellow and blue stripes and doing all the stuff they did in the Gilliam game. Uh, and I was like, well, that's the team I'm going to like now without knowing that uh, the, 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 the nonsense I was going to get myself into for the next 10 years after that until the, until the shake showed up. Uh, yeah. I just kind of stuck with them uh, through all the, the crap. Yeah. Big Proper time. Glory on a man. Anybody yep. who starts, anybody who started in 99 with Gillingham is just, yeah. Glory on a plastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's me. Not port plastic. Very stupid good American. <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, um, we're here to review City Five Burnley Nil. So let's review City Five Burnley Nil. Can yeah. I start by asking you both a question? Have mm-hmm. either of you ever noticed the resemblance between Sean Dyche and uh, Louis C.K.? Ooh, yeah. If he grew his hair out a little bit. Mm. A little bit of separated at birth going on there. Um, <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> I'll start with you, Moles. Thoughts on the uh, on the lineup pre-match? Did you kind of have already in your head an idea of what shape the team would be, or did it feel a bit like a kind of pep roll of the dice where once the game starts, you'll have to figure it out? Exactly, mate. Um, on our podcast last week in the preview. We both picked, I think, uh, sort of a four-three-three, the typical Guardiola mm. setup. Um, but when we saw that lineup, it's, it's another one where he's he's thrown a curveball, and you can't quite tell from looking at it whether it's three at the back or four. Uh, all you know is that we're taking the piss because we've got Kevin De Bruyne, <laughs> Raheem Sterling on the bench, Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> you know, it's just the the sides that we're able to put out. Uh, these days, they're ridiculous, mate. Um, so yeah, I um, I didn't know where John Stones was going to be playing. If he was going to be 
in the back three or um, or as a right back. Didn't really see that one coming. But mm. um, yeah, how about you, Joey? Yeah, I mean, I, when I saw the lineup come out, I was thinking it was going to be uh, Mares at like right wing back. You know, that's what I thought. As well. uh, um, and that really made me clench up because <laughs> that is a terrifying thought. Uh, but I mean, everything aside from that, I was I was cool with. You know, it all looked good, especially for who we're playing, what's coming up on Tuesday, the whole deal. Mm. Um, but I was I was happy to see that when it actually started, that that was not the case. Were either of you surprised that um, Jesus wasn't in the team? I mean, we'll talk about Raz in a second, but with with Jesus, either of you surprised that he doesn't get a start there? A little bit, yeah. I think. I mean, this is a game you could start him in mm. um, and, and save save Sergio for uh, for the Champions League, mm. or you know, do, do one of those sixty minutes for one, thirty for the other kind of thing. Totally. I thought this 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 was the game that Gabby could have gotten on and. You know, maybe bagged one, get some confidence up, and all that kind of stuff. I agree Marcus? with you. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he looked great in his cameo against Liverpool. Uh, he looked like he's uh, had some real individual stuff going on. You know, where where we've talked about maybe that has been coached out of him. I don't know since he's been at City. He's a very unselfish player since he's been at City. But uh, at Anfield, he really was up for it, taking all the defenders on. Could have had a penalty there, and. Um, Scored for Brazil uh, on international duty, so uh, yeah, could definitely have seen him starting. Um, not surprised Aguero played, but I would not have had a problem if uh, Jesus started. Mm, do you think that? Do you think this is actually because I've I kind of vacillate between two opinions in terms of whether it's a case of he needs to play to get confidence. Uh, to get back to where he was, or whether he's so young that actually maybe half a season out of the side is not such a bad thing. You, you, you see, you see the point that I'm making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wh- where where do you fall on that? Um, I mean, I, I can. This is this is going to be annoying. Uh, you can kind of equate it to um, you see it. You see it in American sports all the time. Especially like if if anybody watches NFL, a lot of times you'll get a a young quarterback or something, right? And he'll sit behind a veteran for a year or two, just kind of learning everything. I don't think that would be that bad of an idea for Gabby, with how much pressure was kind of heaped on him Mm. um, with Aguero's health issues, you know, for past however long it's been. Um, I don't know if it's that terrible for Gabby to sit back and kind of watch and um, maybe learn a little bit, not have that pressure on him that he can just come on and play. As opposed to having to be, you know, the guy that leads the line for Pep Guardiola's city all the time at a, as a, as a what twenty one year old, uh, I think some time out of the side just to kind of take it all in might be good for him. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Move. Um, I want the first thing I want to ask you about with regards to the game is uh, literally the first thing that happens thirty seconds <laughs> in. Um, Benny's foul on the. Uh, on the Burnley player. I mean, we'll talk about Laporte's pass and separately, but <laughs> the challenge itself, let's have a conversation about what that challenge is and what card could have, should have been shown. What's your vibe? Absolutely. That one is, um, could have been a red. Absolutely could have been a red. Um, he's, 
Should have been a rat or could have been a rat? I thought he was gone. <laughs> I would not have had a problem if it was a red card. I'll, I'll say that. Um, he's He's gone in there. I wouldn't call it reckless, but he's not really looking uh, for for Aaron Lennon in that in that spot. Um, it's pretty high, and he's got definitely done him with his studs there down his leg. Uh, hence, Lennon's got two stitches. Um, absolutely, could have been a red. Uh, it reminded me a little bit of um, Paul Scholes on Zabaleta in the what was it FA Cup semi final. Oh yes, yeah, That's a good shout as well. Um, that was a red. <laughs> so again, again, no problems if that if that's a red from the referee. But uh, it, we mentioned off air. You thought maybe there was a, an angle of was it a goal scoring opportunity? That was to be honest. That was more my first thought than than the height of the uh, of the challenge. When mm-hmm. the, at, at full speed, when he does it, my first thought is shit. He's going to get a red here because he was through. And it's kind of one of those where. You know, my unless I'm mistaken, at the moment the challenge goes in, the the Burnley player. I don't think that there's another City defender uh, in front of uh, in front of where where Vinny is. So I think that he's through, and so he could give a red for that as well, as mm-hmm. well as the kind of the height of the challenge. So yeah, I mean, I just. It's one of those where, at the time, I thought, oof, he's got away with that. And then 10 minutes in, I'd forgotten about it. After the game, listening to Sean Dyke, kind of went, oh, okay. So he's not happy with that. And then watching it again, I was like, yeah, that's, we've, I feel as though we've we've gotten away, very much gotten away with that. Um, both, of, question for both of you. How do you think, how do you think Vinny, how do you think Vinny's doing right now? I mean, I, I said to somebody, I mean, it's kind of almost blasphemous to say, but I feel as though I get the heebie-jeebies at the moment when he's in the ta- when he's in the side, and I don't really know why. Like, is it? I wonder whether it's the system or whether he's gotten slower or whether we've gotten faster in the way we play. Um, <clears throat> Joey, I'll start with you. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's a good. I think it's a combo of of you know ages catching up to him and the speed with which we play is is ridiculous. So I think it's one of those deals where you got a guy that's had injuries for the most part of the last three years. Um, and you know, he's not getting any younger. He's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, and I think it's just, it's one of those things where with how mobile our center backs have to be, uh, I think it just wears him down a little bit and, and, and even just kind of the little systematic wrinkles that Pep throws in lineup wise, like today, um, I, I wonder if that even gets to him a little bit. Where it's it's one of those things where he's not playing the same role every single week. Yeah, and then you know, just you get into situations like today where um, you're maybe out in a position that you shouldn't have been in, or you you wouldn't expect to be in with the pressure that's on him, and then you get a you know he's he's telling the kit man to get. Lennon's skin off the bottom of his boots. So it's, <laughs> I think it's just, I guess, I think it's one of those deals where it's a combo of him getting older and it, we just play with such pace. I don't know if he can keep up all the time. Mm. Mulf, do you worry that maybe his, his form will go off a cliff before we realize that he shouldn't be playing anymore? I'm just, I kind of have visions of Zabaleta and Collar off in their, in their last season at City mm. where it kind of felt like 
was almost a humiliation making them play in certain games. Um, and I'm not saying that that's happening with Vinny, but it's just more the kind of, we have this emotional attachment to, to these guys because of what's happened in the last kind of eight, nine years. But at the same time, you don't really, you know, you don't really want to see them struggle like that. Yeah, I don't think he's struggling that much. He's had a few dodgy moments um, in today's game as well. Um, I think he just needs to play more, to be fair. Uh, mm. He hasn't, under Guardiola, he hasn't, he hasn't had that many minutes. He's been injured a lot, um, and his, his partner keeps changing. Um, so, But isn't that a reality of, of being playing for the City side, that you know, there's very few players who get to say, I play every week, and I know that my mm-hmm. place is there. Like, you, you kind of have to be um, adaptable in terms of both systems and minutes, you, you see what I mean? Like the, the 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 competition for places is so high that nobody gets that afforded that freedom. That's very true. That's very true. I do agree with you there. Um, I think you're right in in your opening statement about Vinny, though. That of the four that we've got in the centre back, uh, I think as fans we're probably most worried about him, like on mm. the ball, um, decision making, sort of things, um, dodgy moments like today. Yeah, uh, I think we're quite deep at that position, um, so that's that's great. But I think of the four, you're right. He's he's probably at the bottom of it. Mm. As we're talking about this, I was just thinking, like, uh, remember? I hate this comparison, but um, remember John Terry's last year that he actually did anything at Chelsea? Absolutely. Do you get a little bit of that vibe, like yeah, how totally. Vinny's how Vinny's the tail end of last season was for Vinny. Yeah. And then kind of what might be in the future, you know, but possibly the near future. Um, I kind of get that vibe now where it's, and you see, you see it a lot where these players that are um, kind of in the twilight of their career have one last kind of big, you know, season or, or stretch that they're, they're, they're their old selves again. And then it just dives real quick <laughs> it's, well it's just it's, it's that it's you know, it's, the, it's the metaphorical being a split second late do you know uh-huh. what I mean that, uh-huh. that you don't know when that split second goes for you so you go flying into those challenges and I think that challenge yesterday is very much a case of yeah like you know it's one of those where I just think that if he gets a straight red for that yeah then I wonder when we see Vinny again mm-hmm. because Oof. it's so early in the game and it's such a kind of what am I doing here challenge and yeah. it, you know you, you have to at some point put sentiment aside and just go well from a footballing point of view you can't do that mate like, I mean even mm-hmm. if he's if he's through he's through yeah let him go through let your other defenders deal with it but you know that kind of for me it was just it felt when I watched it back it looked a lot worse than it did in real time. And in real time, it looked bad enough for it to be red. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those where you're like, okay. Um, <clears throat> all right. In terms of the, uh, the, the opening period of the game, up until we score that opening goal, um, well, we'll start with you again. Like we control the game, but what's the, what's the formation and what's the system and what are you seeing? Are you seeing players do things differently? 
And now I've picked picked three players in 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 the agenda for you to kind of maybe look at the way that they play as a, as a way of looking at the whole team. Um, so yeah, what do you think we did that was different? Uh, not a lot, mate. Um, I was looking. I watched the game back again, and I was looking at what John John Stones was doing, and because um, I couldn't figure it out the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it looks like the more the more I watched it, I thought he tried to just do exactly what Kyle Walker does, except for get to the byline. That was the only thing that he didn't do. Um, I thought he, uh, he he tucked inside like Walker does and became part of the midfield, um, where he's great because he's basically a midfielder, you know, uh, in terms of his skills and his passing. Um, so that's John Stones. <laughs> I don't think I saw anybody else doing anything that surprised me or different. Uh, you know, still getting used to Mares on the right wing. Um, I thought he had a great game today. Very threatening. Um, seems to do the... what The defender kept showing him on his right foot, yeah, so really he has to take that and, and make the most of it. Uh, try to get back on his left when he could, but um, there was some sort of moans and groans at the pub that he kept taking it to the byline because... He, he's got no left foot, they're all saying. And, um, yeah, so, so Mahrez, I thought, had a good game. He's, he's really growing into this side. Mm. Um, you don't think that... Go on. You, just to stop you, you don't... So you didn't see Mendy and Fernandinho quite obviously swapping positions? I didn't, no, but uh, I've been made aware of it since. It, <laughs> yeah, Mendy, Mendy was popping up in midfield a lot. It, it was. It was. It wasn't the thing that for me that really jumped out really early on in terms of going. What is that? Because it wasn't what you talk about. Stones doing on the right is very much uh, just what Walker would do in a way, as you say, that in the during the build up, it kind of tucks inside. Mm-hmm. Fernandinho and Mendy was different in that. Mm-hmm. Literally, Mendy was going to. To, to the base of the midfield or into the centre of the midfield and Fernandinho mm-hmm. was going to left back. So they were literally just swapping positions and then playing that out for three, four minutes and then and then swapping back. So, um, I, I'd like to ask you both what you think, but I think that, that this kind of um, versatility, this kind of you know fluidity in, in where players are, uh, are positioning themselves, I think it's very much, like I think... I don't want to sound like a football nerd, but you know what a half space is, don't you? Yeah. If there's some Cruyff references coming up, I'm going to be pumped. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that Pep is obsessed with when teams play deep. Yeah. Where our players positioning themselves in half spaces, where that kind of block of 10 or block of nine Mm -hmm. has to move out of that block. And I think that one of the ways he's doing that is by kind of doing these little things of asking players to swap positions and then take up positions where the opposing defender goes, hold on, I'm supposed to be closing Fernandinho down and he's over there and that's Benjamin Mendy, he's the left back here. And then you're kind of, you're making, you're making the opposition adjust to what you're doing on the mm-hmm. pitch without actually changing your own your own system remains intact but just by asking the players to swap positions you're asking the opposition to 
to to make decisions basically about what they're going to do. And I think that Mendy and Ferner, for me, that was very much uh, the kind of the the idea that by just by swapping those positions, you're asking Burnley to make a decision, and the Burnley attackers who are pressing where they're going to oppress and who who they're going to press. Yeah, um, Joey, did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was. It caught me off guard the first few times. So I was just like, "What the hell is Mendy doing?" I mean, I mean, smack in the middle of the field, exactly. Um, and you know, it just throws you for a loop because you expect to see him bombing down the, the bombing down the wing, and and Fernandinho kind of picking up the scraps in midfield and and moving them onto the to the Silvas. Um, but it, it, kind of like we were saying, when you move these players around, it, it gives the uh, it gives the defenders a lot to think about because depending on what they've been told of who they're marking and, and even how they're marking, if they're going to sit back and have a block at 10 or whatever, and you move Mendy inside and Fernandinho outside, you can kind of change the, not just the point of attack, but almost the angle of attack, if that totally, makes sense. So, totally. And also like, and, you know, that you have that, the, sorry, I, I cut you off, but just the physicality, no, the difference in physicality between Mendy and Fernandinho mm-hmm. means that you can stick a player on Fernandinho and go, well, he's 33 and he's not that mobile. And he's not that quick. So you should, you should press him. It'll be easy for you to press him. And then suddenly he's got the player that he's meant to be pressing is over at left back and he's got to mm-hmm. press Benjamin Mendy who can knock the ball past him and power past him and suddenly break the lines. Yep. Um, it just, it, it adds to the, uh, to the defensive kind of uh, upheaval that I think we're, we're trying to cause. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you, I mean, what do you do? Like if you're, so if you're Burnley coming into this match, you haven't seen that. You haven't seen city do something that kind of, I mean, we used to do you know inverted wingers and all that kind of inverted wingbacks and all that, but uh, that kind of in your face of like, no, we're just going to take our left back and put him in the middle, and we're going to take Fernandinho and stick him out wide, and then you have to figure out who's pressing who and what space are you willing to open up by putting pressure on these guys, and then what the hell do you do about the Silvas <laughs> once yeah. you press once you press Mendy or Fernandinho, whoever it is? It's a it's it's a hell of a wrinkle to throw in against these teams that want to sit back. See, Absolutely. See, this is a level of analysis and professionalism you get on ninety three twenty pod. I'm used to questions on our show like, "Do you like the new third kit?" <laughs> What's your favorite pie? Like, I'm good at those. Lads, I'm good lads, at those. You do, you do. Don't 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 talk like that. You do a lot of analysis on your shows. No, don't try and don't try and talk yourselves down now. No, no, it's no. Just simply not true. Um, <laughs> Look, in terms of um, in terms of the run up to to that first goal, uh, are we seeing now a kind of? I said at the top that we're maybe hitting hitting our stride, but are we beginning to see also why we're better than last season? Are we are we, are we seeing? You know, for me, I, I think we look better. And to put it simply, I think we look better because I think last season we were very much 4-3-3 merchants in that mm-hmm. we could play 4-3-3 and we were unplayable when we played that system. And But the players weren't necessarily, we either, well, we didn't have Mendy, so we didn't have the option of playing Mendy out on the left, which kind of changes tactically the way you can play. But I also think just from a personnel perspective, I'm not sure that the players were ready for that. Is that the difference, Mulv? Like, do you, are we going to see a lot more of this kind of tactical shifting this season from Pep? Yes, I think so. I think we're starting to um, to see what 
you referenced, I think, first on your show, Asan, the Guardiola machine. Yes. Results like today, you know, 5-0, are the sort of results that you would, you would see on your phone uh, for Guardiola teams uh, in Spain with Barcelona and with, with uh, Munich in Germany. Like, you just look at your phone, oh, they've beat so-and-so 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. You know, those sides would do that regularly to the, you know, the outside of, you know, the Madrids and the Dortmunds. They would do that regularly to to teams in La Liga and uh, the Bundesliga. And I think he's he's starting to do that now, if if not already, uh, based on last season's results. We're starting to see that, I think, now in the Premier League. He's He's turned it into... Well, might as well, be, might Celtic, as well be Celtic, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, to, specifically to your question, yeah, we've got so many ways to beat sides now. It's it's unreal, mate. The Mendy thing is huge. Uh, that's he's a big, big weapon we didn't have last season. Um, Mares, the the depth we've got now with Mares again, brilliant game today. Uh, always a threat. It's, and the, the emergence of Bernardo in the middle uh, is another thing. Um, We've just got options on top of options. Yeah, we already had a great side, options. you know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 pretty mind. Well, performances like that make it feel really, really, really mind blowing. Um, look, in terms of the, I mean, the first goal, like the the move, like I I, I tweeted that you know we do things that look really easy that just aren't easy to do and. The, the interplay between... Give me your thoughts on that first goal. Um, Joey, you go first. What, what, what's I mean, it's my, it's, what's it's my favorite kind. <laughs> I mean, the... the it, you know, they're, they're basically playing in a phone box once they get down into the, <laughs> into, into, the, into the penalty area because you've got God knows how many players around them um, as, the, as they're trying to work towards goal. And it's one of those... I was talking to somebody at the pub and we were talking about, we compared it to, I think it was against Bournemouth or Southampton or something a year ago, I think where it was like every player touched the ball and then it ended up being Sané sent in a low cross to, I think it was Raheem or Gabby on the back post. And it was just one of those things where it's, it's such a Guardiola goal of everyone touches the ball. You move the, defense around a whole bunch. Um, there's all this intricate little, all these intricate little touches inside the box that open up space that shouldn't be there. And then there's a low cross that's sent to the other side that again, shouldn't get to where it's going because there's too many legs there. <laughs> um, the keeper should be there. Uh, there's all these reasons that the goal should never happen, but because of the brilliance of the players and how they've been drilled and all that um, city just managed to pull it off. It seems with some frequency and it's, 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 I mean, that's, that's the beautiful game, right? I mean, isn't, isn't that the whole thing? They make thing? it look so easy. I mean, it's just, ridiculous. It's, it's really, it's video game. Look. It's a video yeah. game goal. Totally. Um, Mauve, after the, after that first goal, what did you make of the rest of that first half? Obviously you've got, you've had, you've had the luxury because you had all day. You've had, you've got to watch the game again. So I thought <laughs> we were wasteful in that first half, but I've only watched the game once. Was no, it? You're, you're right. We were absolutely wasteful. Um, we took our foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, the the pace of the game slowed down. Um, 
it's an interesting contrast with the second half because first half we had loads of possession but were wasteful. Second half, less possession but clinical. Um, so you're right, you're right. We we slowed the game down too much. Uh, although at this point we're getting really picky, aren't we? About expecting these guys ninety minutes to 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 have the the full on pace at a ten. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's a fair shout what you're saying. Um, I do think that you you kind of you do have to be careful against sides like Burnley because you don't really want to give them even a, a win. You, you see what I mean? You don't, you don't want to give them a crack of daylight. I will admit to at half time thinking, you know what, we've, we've let them stay in this and that's, this could come back to haunt us. But that, I mean, that's just typical city thoughts, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Classic well, mauve wobble. Yeah. yeah look, oh, I'll have a wobble well, at the pub. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a, I had a, had a half time wobble just in terms of going, oof, this is not the this is not the kind of day that today is not the day when City do anything stupid. Today is the day when City really wipe the floor with Burnley in the second half and make my Saturday the perfect <laughs> Saturday. Um, now, second half, second goal drama, and I've written it in the agenda as second goal drama because there's so <laughs> much drama around that second goal. Um, Joey Mulve, who wants to go first and talk me through what happened? whether Sean Dyche was right to be apoplectic about the entire sequence uh, or whether City just played to the whistle as they should have done. Yeah, I mean, I'll go. I mean, it was, it was the whole damn thing was confusing. Um, you've got, so, so it probably should have been a penalty. I mean, I've seen that called a thousand times. Uh, the ref doesn't give it, but then like does a fake out to everybody <laughs> by putting the whistle in his mouth and everyone's like, Oh cool. He's going to give this. And then he doesn't, uh, the ball, that ball rolls out. Um, they showed one angle from behind the goal that looked like it might've been in. But I mean, again, you're looking from behind the goal, but that ball was out. Uh, ball gets played in and city score. And I, at the pub, I was just looking around like, cause I think I had turned around furious that they didn't give the penalty. And then I hear people behind me that are screaming now because we've scored. And I had no clue what had just happened until they show the replay and I mean if I'm Sean Dyche I'm furious because <laughs> you're watching it from the sideline and what the fuck just happened with everyone the, the from from the from the ref to the players to I mean everyone knows the ball's out except for two dudes who kept playing and then and then all of a sudden you're down 2 2-0 mm. Joey, just to get to, to sorry, Molv, just to go through the the um, the the sequence of events. Is it a penalty for you on on Leroy first and foremost? I actually don't think it is, Asan. I thought um, I don't think he really connected with him that that uh, that much. I thought it was a bit soft, to be honest. Okay. Um, Do you think it's a fair argument then that the Burnley players complain that the refs kind of? gone to blow his whistle and they're looking at him. So there is that human, they react to what they think the referee is going to do rather than continuing mm-hmm. to play. I think you play to the whistle, mate. I think you taught that from uh, being five or six years old. Uh, so, and these are professionals. So <sighs> I, I, I've got really no sympathy for not playing to the whistle. Okay. What about the, uh, the, the ball going out? Um, do you think that there is a, um, so how do you, where do you fall on this, right? Because obviously referees and linesmen, they're officials, they're human, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah? So if you don't know, 
if you're not sure, what call do you make? I think if you don't know, um, you let it go. You let it go until you can get some technology in to help you. I I think that one was so close that you just let it go. And, but I think in this case, the linesman's probably distracted like everybody else was by mm-hmm. the penalty, no penalty. So maybe, you know, again, human, human error there. And um, he's got some doubt in his mind whether that went out of play, distracted at the same time, and he's let it go. Thank God. <laughs> now, David Silva's involvement in that goal is uh, obviously very, very, very important. But kind of want to take this as a moment to ask whether David Silva is going through some kind of Benjamin Button moment in his career where it just feels like he's getting younger rather than older and becoming, is it just me or is he becoming more physical and more dynamic as he with each passing game almost? It seems like he's playing with a lot more freedom. Um, You know, who knows what the, what the stresses of everything he dealt with in the last year had on his, his, um, just, mm. just mentally and physically and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, and it, it just seems like he's playing with a little more um, freedom and vitality, and he just he looks like he's having fun again, uh, and he's out there doing the stuff that you know made us all fall in love with him when he first came to the club, uh, and and he's got um, I've said this for uh, a little bit now. He's he's got a little bit of a you know he's kind of a dickhead too, which is nice because he, he'll. <laughs> He'll, he'll go after his head shaved, man. He's turning yeah, into yeah. Himself. He's a nutter now. He'll just go after people. I love it. <laughs> he's uh, uh, it's 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 great to see because it's like what we talked about with Vinny earlier. You, you see him kind of starting to slow down, and you just I can't see I can't see the end of the tunnel with Dave. Mm. Um, so long may it continue. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Mulv, what about for you? Do you think that he's does he? Has his game changed? I think his game has changed. I, I want you to tell me how you think his game has changed since Pep's come in. Well, first of all, he's just pure class. Um, if anything's changed, he might have swapped a little bit of creativity for a bit of steel. Mm. Um, and I think he runs a lot more. And I think the statistics would bear that out. That's Usually- noisy neighbors analysis right there. <laughs> I think he runs a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he and De Bruyne, whenever you look at the uh, the match statistics, uh, they tend to be the two that run the most out of uh, both sides. Um, mm. Yeah, so yeah, for me, maybe swapped a bit of creativity for some steel. He's definitely getting stuck in. Um, and he runs a lot. You know what? You can characterize he runs a lot as he's become much more dynamic. Yeah. And yeah. It just sounds cooler. <laughs> That's uh, why okay. you're here, mate. <laughs> he's got mate, better words than us. It's far, too, it's far too early in the morning for words, if you ask me. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm only doing this for you, boys. Generally, I'd be like, oh, yeah, even for me, this is too early to be doing a review. Um, right. So, Mares. Let's, so, let's, sorry, let's, Asan. Just one thing quickly. We did talk about that goal, but we didn't talk about the finish from Bernardo. He's actually volleyed that top bins. Uh, Is that a volley? Yeah, it's a volley. I had to look at it again. It's a volley, mate. It's an exquisite finish. Oh, my. See, he just does... How can you be... uh, I think that shows the level of quality we've got in our squad and how 
spoiled where we're becoming that goals like that are almost like you know I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even spotted that and in yeah. the old days I'd have Half replayed only. that goal alone like like hundred times. It's all you would have talked about all day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. Shout out to Bernardo for the finish then. Um, <laughs> now I want to talk about Mares because I've been quite critical of him uh, since the season began in terms of feeling as though he hasn't um, hasn't adapted to the way that, that City play. Um, how do you think that he did yesterday, Joey? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, he was... I mean, I've, I've kind of been with you um, that I've been, I've been pretty harsh on him and critical of him. You called um, him a flat-track bully, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, and, and I mean, it was, it was one of the best performances, if not the best performance we've seen of him. It was just... It was the most threatening he's looked. Uh, he, he was he was going at defenders. I mean, it was the thing. When we, when we bought him, I think in our heads, we all had this idea that he was going to do kind of what he did at Leicester, right? He'd pick the ball up on the wing and run at defenders and make and put them on their heels and make them have to, have to stop him. Uh, and we just didn't see it a whole lot until fairly recently. Uh, and today he was... He was he was great. Uh, it's it's hard to find many faults with with anything uh, he did today. Or I guess it'd be yesterday, huh? Time yes, travel screw yesterday for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think for me the again the big thing is that in terms of the adaptation into the system, I felt like yesterday he played very much as a functioning part of the system, um, and I think that to play as a forward in Pep's system, you have to be brave. And yesterday, mm-hmm. what we saw more than anything else was the bravery, I think, that he showed in terms of, you know, those long raking crossfield passes, the the kind of the the taking his being being brave enough to run at his man. I think in in his first kind of first period at the club, every time he picked the ball up, you'd feel as though he'd just come back on himself and play it safe, play it yes. safe, play it safe. Yeah, and he'd yes, hold up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yesterday, I felt that he was just ridiculous ridiculously brave in in everything that he did um and that finish after the penalty miss that mm-hmm. finish for that goal go on joey talk to me about that finish uh the sex oh. uh <laughs> leroy <laughs> I mean, leroy against liverpool last season at home it reminded me of yep yeah i mean what a, what a doozy huh um it's it's again it's the stuff that it's the stuff that we thought we were getting when, when we bought him, right? Yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's everything that we thought we were going to get when we bought him. And, uh, as, as a guy that's been tough on him, it was really nice to see him do something that just floors you. So you can just say, wow, you know, finally we're getting what was expected. Uh, and, and hopefully he can carry this on, uh, because the, the, the thought of having an inform, uh, you know, five-man rotation up front <laughs> of Mares, Sterling, Sané, Aguero, and Jesus is uh, mouth-watering for us and has to be terrifying for everybody else on the planet. I think it's the only uh, it's, way you can win the Champions League is if you've got that kind of quality. 100%. Yeah, 100%. It goes without saying. Um, okay. There's something else I want to talk about. It's interesting because we slap them 5-0, and yet there's a lot of kind of questions that, feel not necessarily like positive questions. Uh, Leroy's tackle on, on Loughton. Either of you see it? 
I have not. Yeah, have not. Okay. So I'll speak very quickly. Uh, I, he could have gone for that. Similar to Vinny, if he gets a straight red, I don't complain because mm. it's so late. Um, I know why he did it. So three or four minutes before, um, he's tried to take Loughton on and he's not the ball past him. And Loughton's blocked him, but he's blocked him in such a way that his body checked him. Do you know what I mean? So it's not that he's just mm-hmm. stopped and it's obstruction. It's that he's made that forward motion. So it's literally like bang, body check, sit down. And yeah. when he does that, Leroy gets up and you can see in his eyes. Yeah, it was just for me, it was like, oh, he's going to do something. And he didn't do it immediately. <laughs> but then the next opportunity he gets, he just absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was a hack and it, it really could have been read. And I think it speaks volumes that Guardiola's got his head in his hands, got his mm. hands covering his face. Right. He thinks it's, I think he thinks that's uh, that's definitely a red. So, yeah, no, I mean, his. I thought Leroy's performance again was excellent, but he could have gone for that. And if he had gone for that, it'd have been one of those where, again, he'd have probably had to, had to spend a month out of the team because it was just petulance. And I'm sure that he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll grow out of it. Um, okay, another thing I want to talk about. It's interesting. I think I feel as though with this game, talking about individuals helps to to kind of clear the picture of what the game actually was and what it became and the different phases of it. And I think that Foden coming on becomes almost like a, a, another phase of the game. Um, that cameo. Now, obviously, I'm. I'm I'm a Stockport boy, so I'm I'm going to think that everything he does is is genius. But um, Mo, you start. What did you make of the cameo? Everything he does is genius. I'm <laughs> 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 um, I'm. It, it was he was great again today. He he fits in seamlessly in this side. Um, I want I want to see more minutes. I want to see him start in games like today. I think he could have started today. Um, yeah, that's my take on it. He's he's part of the first team. He, the team doesn't skip a beat when he comes in. Um, let's have Stockport and Iesta starting some of these Premier League games, shall we? I completely agree mm-hmm. and completely concur. <clears throat> Joe, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I, it's, anyone that knows me, I mean, it's, it's kind of a running joke with some of our friends around here about how much I bang the drum for playing the kids, um, but. To, to finally see kind of the fruits of this academy team that we've, you know, we've, we've been told about for 10 years now. Um, and, and, and with Phil Foden kind of being the, the standard bearer for that so far is, is great. Uh, he was, he was really, really good today. The, the, the spaces he seems to pop up in and, and the, the vision that he's starting to develop is uh, it's, it's really promising and it's exciting and it, kind of gives you um i don't know a glimpse into the future right because we all know at some point dave's going to retire right yep and to know that once once he hangs it up you've got kevin bernardo and phil foden um there to do We're to do all that hands. work it's 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 well, and and he's so young like you look at him and he looks like a baby, but like, if if you really just just put it into perspective, this is a guy that's, you know, eighteen, nineteen years old, and 
He's playing against one of the more physical sides in the Premier League, and he's it doesn't just doesn't seem phased uh, where he, he probably should be. I mean, this is a side that that could kick him all off the pitch, you know, and 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 he just goes out there and does his thing, and it's it's a uh, I don't want to make joy a, to watch. I don't want to make a direct comparison. More, I'll throw this to you and Joey. You can jump in afterwards as well. I don't want to make the mm-hmm. direct comparison with Gundogan, but I am going to make that direct comparison just in terms of going. Are we kind of reaching a stage where Phil's cameos are showing more um, kind of threat than Gundogan's 90-minute performances are? Uh, possibly, yeah. I think that... I don't know that there's there are things that Gundogan does that Foden can't do. Um, I yeah, I would have liked to have seen some of Gundogan's minutes go to Foden so far this season, uh, and and hopefully um, he'll start playing more. I know I realize Gundogan's injured at the moment. With Kevin coming back, uh, it it could mean that Foden doesn't get to take some of those minutes Gundogan had, and and maybe KDB will get those. But yeah, I don't want to uh, don't want to pick on Ilke Gundogan. He's uh, he's gets enough stick already but it's more of you know it's more of bigging up Phil Foden who, who again I think he can do anything Gundogan can do and uh, for one I, I want to see him succeed sooner rather than later because I'm sick of uh, England's industrious midfield uh, with Jordan <laughs> Henderson and uh, Eric Dyer and the, and this myth that uh, Deli Ali and Jesse Lingard are creative midfielders when they're not so uh, the sooner Phil Foden uh, plays in Guardiola's side, the sooner he'll play for Southgate's side, and I'll be much happier. Joey, do you think that he's shown? Um, do you think he's shown now that he's ready to start a Premier League game? Because unless I'm mistaken, I don't think he has started a Premier League game yet, and I feel as though we're coming. After certainly between now and the next international break, and after the next international break, we're kind of getting to that peak moment of the season where you just have a ridiculous amount of fixtures. Is it time for Pep to unleash him uh, from the start of a Premier League game? Or, and what do you think Pep will do? Do you think Pep will respect the hierarchy of age? Because he said he won't. He said that, mm-hmm. you know, training, you know, that Phil is a midfielder like Ilke, like David, like. Kevin and he will be judged mm-hmm. like the others. But one, do you believe is being judged like the others? And two, do you think there's going to be a moment where he's going to get that start? Or do you think, you know, as much for all the lip service that Pep pays publicly to the idea that everybody fights for a spot, he does have a certain kind of hierarchy, a, a kind of a, a seniority thing where, you know, he's never going to start Phil ahead of Ilkay. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I think it is time for him to get a start. I think he's earned it. I think he's shown he can do it. Um, and with with you know November and December coming up, where things just go all kinds of crazy um, with how many matches you have in in those two months, uh, I think you've I think you've got to give him starts just to kind of protect some of the other guys from from injury. Uh, I, I you know I. I you have the I have this view of Guardiola in my head of this of this guy that you know promotes promotes young players and lets them you know you know gives them their their birth into the first team and and nurtures them and grows them and all this kind of stuff but then I see what's actually happened at city um 
and we just haven't seen a whole lot of that yet. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping some of that lip service actually, you know, comes true now that that there isn't a a a thing where he's only paying attention to, you know, how old these guys are and how long they've been at the club and so on and so forth. I hope it is a thing now that um, if if you're good enough, you're old enough, and you're ready enough to play you know, whenever, whenever you're needed. Uh, I think the more time Phil gets in those attacking roles, those, you know, those, those eights, uh, the better. I think Gundogan, if, if, if we need to get Gundogan minutes, he needs to slide back and, and just cover for Fernandinho, I think, uh, and let, let the, let your Bernardos and your Foden's and, and those guys, um, grow into those roles because the the reality is that's that's the future of those two positions i think yeah i think the uh, issue so, so i think the issue the, there is just that he doesn't trust uh Gundogan to play that number six role that fernandinho plays sorry yeah. i cut you off there no you're good i i, I agree with you um I, it's, it's one of those deals you know you when you do these podcasts and stuff you you always catch yourself trying not to out you know out Guardiola, Guardiola, you know, <laughs> and I can sit here all day and say that I see things that I think Gundogan could play that that six role with with a Foden in front of him and and a Bernardo in front of him and so on and so forth. But we only see um, we only see the ninety minutes on the pitch and we see whatever the club decides to put out in their training highlights. So it's 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 one of these deals that you know if if it came down to it, I think Pep would play Foden ahead of Gundogan and David Silva now. Uh, but yeah, if, if, if in a perfect world, I think we'd be able to fit them all in there just in a rotational kind of thing where you have Fernandinho and Gundogan at the back of that, of that midfield. And then the other four guys, you know, Kevin, the Silvas and Phil just rotate and wreak havoc. Uh, I, think, I think that'd be the, the perfect scenario. Mm, I think we'll probably have to, um, sign a player to rotate with Ferner for that to happen. Mm-hmm. What's, mm-hmm. what's interesting to me is um, with Guardiola and Gundogan is the pursuit of Jorginho because I feel like Gundogan is quite a similar player. And Agreed. to say that he doesn't trust um, Gundogan in the six makes you scratch your head about why you wanted Jorginho, you know. Mm. You know, I... I hate speculating, but then I love speculating. Um, <laughs> Gundogan did an interview last season where he talked about how he has accepted that he isn't the player that he used to be physically after the injuries that he's had. Mm. And he's had to adapt his game and change his game and respect his body a lot more because of the injuries that, that he's had. Now, you know, that's not really something that you want to be reading from a centre midfield player. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> True. Particularly a Premier League centre midfield player. And if you and look in a Guardiola the, system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a Guardiola system that requires a ridiculous amount of, of dynamism. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wonder if that's the uh I wonder if that's why he's not been played at the uh, at the base of the midfield. But I certainly believe that he is blocking the Foden pathway and I'm I imagine that as the season progresses, I'll become a little bit more vocal about, you know, I think, I believe that next summer Gundogan will have one year left on his contract at City. City have a mm-hmm. decision to make. Are you going to give him a new contract? And if you are going to give him a new contract, what for? When you've got Bernardo, you've got David, you've got Kevin, you've got Phil, 
you know, what you can't use Ilke in the number six position because Pep doesn't trust him there. So why would you keep him? Like, why would you keep yeah, him? Yeah, why pay him? Yeah, yeah, why would you? Why? And unless, and again, a bit of speculation, we signed him cheap. I don't know if that was because of a release clause or because of his contractual situation, but he came to us very cheap. I suspect mm-hmm. that whenever you do deals where you bring players in cheap, that's dealt with on the other side. It means that your wages are bigger, your signing on fees bigger. So I wonder whether even from a renegotiation point of view, A, what his current wage is, and B, I mean, look, if he's on 150, 160K a week, are we really talking about giving Gondwana a pay rise as well? Um, mm. I don't know. It's, Going to be a, it's going to be a tricky one. I mean, they've got a lot of contractual calls to make in the next uh, twelve months. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how they make them. Okay, look, I want to wrap this up by just kind of asking you overall how you rate the performance and whether Burnley were really bad and whether City or whether City were really good. And really, for all the kind of, you know. Vinny should have had a, maybe had a red. Leroy should have maybe had a red. Second goal maybe should not have stored. We still, I mean, we'd have slapped them, right? It's not a case of it's not a case of those decisions changed the game or turned the game, as uh, as Daish said on on match of the day last night. Bloody oath. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it can be it can be said enough that um, we just beat one of the better defensive teams in the league historically, you know, five nil, uh, this is, it's Sean Dyche teams aren't supposed to get beat five nil. It doesn't happen. And, and for city to come out there today, even, even after a, um, you know, first half, like we said that we, we wasted some chances and all that, uh, to play the way we did in the second half against, uh, you know, then they opened Burnley opened up a little bit, but, um, to play the way we did in the second half, and to be as uh, decisive with the finishing and 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 just aggressive going towards goal, uh, I think it's it's a it's a really good sign of things to come as we get into the busy period of the season. Both, I think City were excellent, mate. I, I think I, I wonder what it's like playing against us. You know, Not uh, fun. The, <laughs> the way the way we keep the ball, uh, it must feel like there's twelve or thirteen players in our side. Um, so for me, if if Vinny goes in the first minute, I, I'm still quite confident we uh, we win. You know, we we just create too much, and um, yeah, I mean, you even had Joe Hart making a couple of really nice saves today. Mm-hmm. Um, now the goals we scored, there's no way he's getting to any of them. To be fair, uh, even you know, when he did make a couple of nice saves, I sort of did a secret fist pump to myself, you know, because I like Joe Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he wasn't I getting for him to, a bit at the end. Yeah, yeah, but he wasn't getting to any of those. Again, Fernandinho goes top bins to the right. Bernardo's volleyed it in the top corner on the left. Um, yeah, he, he he's had no he's had no chance with those. Um, but yeah, I, I just think City were excellent, mate. I think I think Mario's really turned it on. He's really becoming a part of this thing now. And when Mendy's in, we just we've got too many options, and we're eventually just going to score, well more than you are. So, yeah, um, I thought we were great. I don't think Burnley were that bad. We were just amazing. Nice man of the match, boys. Uh, it's a it's a Fernandinho for me. Mm. Um, just the 
like we talked about, um, kind of how we got moved around and played somewhere we weren't quite used to seeing him. And then, I mean, anytime Fernandinho scores, I'm instantly going for Fernandinho as man of the match because that, uh, that goal was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, that was one of those ones that, Again, if you're playing a video game or something, you like dream for that scenario to happen. <laughs> he gets in those where the positions. ball drops outside the box, and you're just like, "Oh, smack it!" <laughs> he gets in those positions so often, and mm-hmm. he's technically such a good player that I kind of almost expect him to score more of them. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, he because he had a. It's not the first time he's done this. I mean, he had one for was for Brazil, I think, maybe a year ago. Um, that it was that same kind of thing where. You know, he's he's just kind of there trying to pick up scraps on the edge of the box and the ball drops to him and he hits it, you know, with the fist of a thousand angry gods and, <laughs> and <laughs> almost rips the net out the back of the the back of the goal. It's great. Uh I want to see more of it. Both? There's he's only one there's only one god, mate, and that's Sergio Aguero. <laughs> I've gone. <laughs> I've gone for Riyad Mahrez today as my man of the match. I thought yeah. uh, watching the game back again, his decision making was uh, spot on. We talked about earlier in the season where he played everything safe. Today he did that too, but he uh, he picked the right times to do that and went to take his man on. Um, he never gave the ball away. His goal was phenomenal. I've gone for Riyad Mahrez. You know what? I've gone for David Silva. Mm. I just think that he, uh, I think that he was everything in midfield. He was a destroyer. He was a creator. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, he he set the he set the tempo for the press. He set the tempo for everything. So, yeah, I I I've seen a lot of shouts for Mares, and if I hadn't have given it to to Silva, I'd have given it to Mares. But I think Silva's the the impact overall on the result is bigger so so I give it to David and it's never a bad thing to give David Silver man of the match not at all basically what we've, the decision we've come to is that City has a whole bunch of real good players <laughs> <laughs> there's your noisy pod exclusive and, and right there we play really good football sometimes we do <laughs> we do slap teams sometimes I mean that's that's the thing like you know listening to, to, to Sean Dyke moaning it's like mate like you were dismantled and yeah. you know, if if we if Vinny had gone, you'd have still been dismantled. We'd have just dismantled you with ten men. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, for the second goal is important, but it's not that important. In in the if you look at the pattern of play, the second goal is coming. It doesn't come from that. It comes a minute later. It comes five minutes later. You're not you're not in a position to moan in the way that you've moaned, and that's coming. Yeah, from it's only going to be three nil or five nil. Exactly. Like it's not. Exactly. And that's coming from people on a podcast who acknowledge that the referee didn't have a great game. And, you know, maybe decisions could have gone another way, but I don't think that that would have changed the result in any way, shape or form. Uh, Right, gentlemen, it's been an hour and three minutes. I'm wrapping this up. Can I just say that was an absolute pleasure? Thank you so much for having a mid-afternoon nap and staying awake until, what time is it there? 2.40? 2.40 in the morning. Wow. Thank you. I don't know what day it is. (laughs) Awesome. Well, listen, thank you both for, for, for staying awake and uh, and doing this. Joey, thank you very much. Thank you, Asan. Morph, thank you very much. 
Absolute pleasure, mate. Dream come true to come on your show. We're big fans. To everybody who listened, this was the review on the 9320 player. We'll be back with more podcasts very soon. And in the meantime, up blues.